You heard that safe drivers get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw an ad for a vintage baseball cap, and now you find yourself checking the stats of that team's second baseman in 97, wondering why his stolen base total dropped after his rookie season. Wonder how much his rookie card is worth. Yes, they said it was easy to save money with Snapshot from Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast. Yay! <laughs> it's our first episode after a race weekend. Woo! Kunal and I are absolutely yet recovering from what was the most dramatic Grand Prix weekend in recent times. <laughs> it was absolutely a weekend of two halves. The worst and the best of Formula 1 packed into 24 hours. Oh yes. So we saw one rule change that failed and how, which was the new elimination-based qualifying format. However, the second rule change worked and how, which was using three tyre compounds per driver in the race. And Kunal, here's an unlikely F1 statistic. So we had the top six finishers in Melbourne actually using six different tyre strategies. I think F1 should just take a pat on the back. (laughs) I'll take it on behalf of F1, thank you. But let's remember, the qualifying format changed what farcical at best. I mean, I don't even know what they were thinking. You know, would any other sport dare to make such changes to their format a few weeks before going live? And to add to it, would they make a change in format without actually testing it? And here we are talking of the world's most uh, advanced sport with simulation tools? Kunal, the answer is no, which (laughs) makes me believe that Formula 1 is definitely taking its position as the leader of the motorsport category absolutely for granted. Oh yes, there is no denying that. And there is this whole talk of Formula 1 needing a dictator or not. And, you know, let's remember people who are talking of being a dictator are probably asking for some favor from the current dictator. (laughs) Who also, by the way, recommended double points finish not too many seasons ago. How can we forget? But hey, the good news is that the horrendous qualifying format also came with the silver lining. So thanks to this format, we had some really good F1 humor coming our way. And as you know, the inside line loves good humor in (laughs) Formula (laughs) 1. So Kanal, here's one of my favorites. So Damon Hill actually said... That the irony of the qualifying session was that Lewis could have waved his own checkered flag for pole position. (laughs) (laughs) And here's another one. So WTF1 said that even Ricciardo isn't smiling. Formula 1, what have you done? (laughs) I must admit, that was absolutely my favourite. So one of our partner websites talking about F1 and the chief writer there, Graham, he actually said that finally we've found something that everyone in Formula 1 agreed upon. (laughs) And our best Twitter handle, fake Charlie Whitening, said that instead of pounding laps in the last few minutes of Q3, we saw drivers being weighed in and wearing expensive watches. (laughs) Sponsors, yay! But luckily, luckily for Formula 1 and all of us fans, 
the absolutely disappointing Saturday was overshadowed by a fantastic race on Sunday. Congratulations to Formula One and to Rosberg in that order. Even though it was a phenomenal race, we had the same trio who made it to the podium. But the difference in Australia was that every single driver was made to work hard to score their points. So Nico Rosberg, our race winner, I don't think I saw much of him on television anyway. You know, much of the focus was... Are you surprised? (laughs) (laughs) Much of the focus was on Vettel's strategy, Hamilton's charge through the field and Max Verstappen's antics. (laughs) Tantrums! Anyway, but Kunal, what matters is that we saw Nico Rosberg right up there on the top step of the podium in all his glory. Rosberg is already seven points ahead of Hamilton. So he's lucky already this season. The question is, will he remain lucky for the rest of the season? You know, that's exactly the question I have in my mind. So this is Nico Rosberg we're talking of. And it is so difficult to accept the stat as is. You know, and the stat which is widely known that the winner of the Australian Grand Prix usually goes on to win the Drivers' Championship that season. Usually. (laughs) (laughs) So the next driver we should talk about is the reigning world champion, Motormouth Lewis Hamilton. But he started this weekend with his 50th career pole, joining Michael Schumacher and Ayrton Senna on the list. He deserves an applause. Good job, Lewis. And finishing second isn't actually too bad for a title defense. Absolutely not. Especially when the person finishing first is his much beaten teammate, Nico Rosberg, (laughs) who we know isn't too much of a threat. Hamilton had a lot of off track drama going into the opening round. And one of them was the fact that Mercedes's team sponsors, Puma and Hugo Boss, had an issue with him promoting rival brands during his personal appearances. But hey, he's a fashion icon, Kunal. <laughs> so, from a business point of view, Hugo Boss and Puma pay Mercedes and not Lewis Hamilton. So, to expect him to not wear rival brands is actually unfair. And on this point, I'm on Lewis Hamilton's side. Finally. <laughs> so Kunal, the point where I am not on Lewis Hamilton's side is that he actually took a selfie on the motorbike while he was riding the motorbike. Now we know he absolutely loves selfies and we're happy to let him have his way. But taking a selfie on a motorbike is absolutely not deserving for a three-time world champion. (laughs) Whatever happened to road safety? So, much like Hamilton and his fans would believe that the second step of the podium in Australia isn't too deserving as well. (laughs) I think Bernie will have to add selfies to the list when he says, think before you drive. (laughs) But Hamilton has also been missing driver briefings. And when asked why, he said it's because Vettel anyway talks all the time at these briefings. (laughs) (laughs) That means that Vettel versus Hamilton starts way before the qualifying end race. Speaking of Sebastian Vettel, now he had a pretty strong show in Melbourne. But Kunal, what I am most pleased about is that he has called his 2016 car Margarita. (laughs) Though this is named for the pizza... And not the drink, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, talking of Sebastian Vettel in Melbourne, I really wonder if he and Ferrari could have had a different strategy to win. And no, I don't mean that they could have prayed for not having a safety Mm -hmm. car. I wonder that had there not been a safety car period, could they still have won? 
or was Mercedes anyways ahead on strategy? I think they were. Yeah. So we will talk about this later on in the podcast when we talk of Ferrari versus Mercedes. Kunal, what I want to talk about is Fernando Alonso. I still can't get over his massive shunt. And luckiest man alive, absolutely. In oh, fact, yes. that seems to be an understatement. And, you know, I'm really loving this new humorous avatar of Fernando Alonso. He's just come out of this life-threatening crash and he's yet seeing the funny side of things. <laughs> Well, I'm glad he's alive to see the funny side of things and so are we. Because Max Mosley said that had this crash happened 20 years ago, Alonso may not have been alive. Ouch. But, you know, uh, there's a lot to be spoken about this incident. One of the few funnier things that I also read was the fact that Alonso was probably surprised that the McLaren could go this quick. (laughs) But did Gutierrez actually break early or did Alonso misjudge the move? To be honest, I don't think Gutierrez ended up breaking early. Alonso probably misjudged his move. And maybe he's rusty about racing too many cars around, you know, given the fact that he's in a McLaren (laughs) Honda. But on a very serious note, we must thank the FIA yet again for making the sport so safe. And, you know, this incident also proves one thing. Whether or not to have the halo is something we should leave the FIA to decide. You know, they've done such a fantastic job with safety that they are probably best equipped to lead Formula 1 in the right direction in this subject too. But Alonso's crash can't actually be used against the halo. So like Button said, there was no need for Alonso to self-extract from the car. The marshals would anyway have helped him with it. That's a very good point actually. And moving on... How can we not speak about Max Verstappen? How can we not? Yes, yes. (laughs) So he had a fantastic qualifying. His career best starting position. But what a mess in the race. Horrible mess. Max had a slow pit stop which saw him lose five whole seconds in the pits. But Kunal, we should remember that this was entirely his fault. Max Verstappen decided to pit on his own. Oops. How rude. He didn't even inform the team. And where's the teamwork that F1 keeps harping about? And to be honest, the radio chatter requesting for team orders, just absolutely bad etiquette. I mean, don't get me... Teenage (laughs) tantrums. Don't get me wrong. I am a huge fan of Max Verstappen. But the way I also see his tantrums on radio is that He's only learning from the former world champions. <laughs> <laughs> or the current world champion. Well, all case. of them. We had this with Michael <laughs> Schumacher. We had this with Sebastian Vettel as well. And also to make things even more funny, in the case of Max Verstappen, we should probably have teammate to teammate radio communication allowed as well. <laughs> I guess Max Verstappen is finally acting his age. But also a little bit of arrogance that we sense. Mm. I guess he just knows now that this is his time to shine and that he should be moving on to a faster car. And he doesn't have any more patience. After talking about all the drivers that we would like to talk about, I cannot itch to talk about Ferrari versus Mercedes. Because you know what? It finally seems to be happening. Fingers crossed. So Ferrari seemed closer in the race than they did in qualifying. But they certainly seem the best starters on the grid. I mean, what a rocket launch by both the Ferrari drivers. So the one thing that Kimi Raikkonen did, which could match Sebastian Vettel, 
was the race start. <laughs> Most people seem to think that Mercedes actually outthought Ferrari, but Ferrari were only playing the cards they knew they could. Ferrari couldn't back themselves on the medium tire, and Mercedes did. Just the stuff that Formula One should be about. Oh yes, absolutely right on tire strategy. So the one-two finish in Australia statistically would mean that Mercedes should clinch the constructors' title in 2016. I don't and... think we needed statistics <laughs> to tell us that. <laughs> However, it is crucial to remember that both teams had reliability issues. So we know that Raikkonen retired due to a mechanical failure, and Rosberg would have almost retired due to brake issues. Although the claim claims that this was due to debris on track. And the other world champion team, Red Bull Racing, they had an issue too. Kvyat did not start. So usually, I am never in favor of new teams in Formula One. All they've done in the past is disappoint us. But it seems that Haas is here to please. They had a sizzling start, and they made the most of their beginners' luck. But unfortunately, Bernie tells us that Haas Racing will get no money in their first year. Yes, it is so strange that they will not get a startup bonus. You know, in today's world, had Haas started a tech company and had it done so well in its first test itself, he'd have probably got a few hundred million dollars of valuation already. But guess what? This is Formula One. I still can't believe that this is actually a real payout schedule. You know, no wonder the entry to Formula One's business is so restricted. Bernie also said that Haas Racing need to spend a billion dollars like Red Bull to become a winner. Why does the sport need to be so expensive, Kunal? <laughs> <laughs> so Bernie believes somewhere that by making it so expensive, there is automatically a halo around Formula One. So this <laughs> somewhere goes back around your point of Formula One taking themselves for granted as the leader of the category. Anyway, what I am really glad about is that it isn't expensive to run. Our Formula One shows. <laughs> Thank God. And Romain Grosjean wins the Driver of the Day award, whatever that means. <laughs> you know, if I were Romain Grosjean, I'd be really pleased for two reasons. He's gone into a newcomer team and driven them to finish sixth. I mean, he was originally the crash kid of Formula One, if you remember. Okay, he had a one-race ban. The second thing, the team that he left, Renault. Didn't score a single point. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so the other rule that I wish to speak about, which made for fun in Australia as well, was the radio clamp down. It worked really well. In fact, we had Lewis Hamilton asking how to put off the alarm that was beeping <laughs> in his car. <laughs> But an interesting point that was made by Sebastian Vettel, which gives a lot of insight as well that he's eventually a racer and his job is to race. And not to win a memory test. I mean, picture this scenario: Had Vettel been winning in Australia, and he would have forgotten some software setting on his car, which meant relying on his memory, okay, and not on a radio message, it would have been so unfair to have him retire from a winning position, especially when the sport needs it. Formula One really needs to find a balance so they can allow the chatter on radio. But limit the training. <laughs> well, Nico Rosberg is coping with the limited training. I'm sure other drivers will as well. <laughs> Talking of chatter, I absolutely love the Vettel and Weber chatter on the podium. 
I think they should have an F1 show of their own. <laughs> oh, you know, we should invite them as guests onto our yes. podcast. Teammates who we wouldn't mind having on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and as we sign off with this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast, here's one weird rule we heard of from the world of Formula One. One more weird rule. <laughs> <laughs> so the drivers will be prohibited from throwing the tear-off visors on track. So firstly, I don't know why they're called tear-off, okay, if you can't throw them. But I wonder what they'll do now. Pocket them? Maybe. (laughs) 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope. It's Geico. Uh, Yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries. For fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more.